know anything at all about crows and pigeons. What do you know about crows and pigeons? <laughs> Nothing? Alright. Crows will knock out pigeons' eggs and lay their eggs in the nest and let the pigeons raise them. Okay? So do you think pigeons like crows very much? Nah, they don't. Well, one day, Charlie the Crow was out flying over the city park. And he noticed this lady out there was reaching in a bag and throwing out popcorn. And the pigeons were just eating it up. And he said, well, I'm going to fly down there and I'm going to get me some of that free food. So he comes swooping down there and he landed and those pigeons jumped all over him. And tore him up before he got to the edge of the woods. He says, what I need to do is I need to get me a pigeon suit. If I get me a pigeon suit, they'll never know I'm a crow. Gets on a pigeon suit, he flies in there, and they start going, man, I smell a crow. I smell a crow. Here he is! And they jumped all over him. So he goes home, takes a bath, puts on smell of good em, puts on pigeon perfume. Says, now I'm going to go back, and they'll never know that I'm a crow. Except he made a mistake. Pigeons go, crows, ah! And they jumped all over it. Barely made it to the edge of the woods. He said, okay, this time I'll go and I won't say a word. They'll never know that I'm a crow. He comes flying in there, except he made another mistake. He didn't walk like a pigeon. See, pigeons kind of walk like this. Crows kind of walk like this. And boy, they jumped all over him and they tore him one thunder. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is this. You can act like a Christian. You can smell like a Christian. You can talk like a Christian. But if you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're not one. Something to think about, isn't it? All right, y'all go sit down and let's... Start off with a word of prayer. Okay. Miss Reba had something for uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. You could stay. Let me explain this. You got to explain this? I was honoring a request made of me this morning of what we did in Sunday school today. And, uh... Charlie the Crow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's start off with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the different ministries that you give people. Lord, I, I'm excited about Bruce and what he does. And Lord, I just ask that you honor him and honor his past work. And Lord, lead us. Lord, help me get ready for this camp. Uh, Lord, it's going to be a challenge. But Lord, you know all that's going to happen. So, Lord, be with us this morning as we open your word. In Jesus' name, amen. we got to kind of watch him. He has a tendency to open the back door and run out. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, today we're in Psalms, chapter 5. And uh, this is a good, it's a good Psalms. I don't know the musical tune to any of these psalms. When it says psalms, that means song. 
somebody somewhere at one time was singing it. So I don't know the tune, but we're looking at the words this morning anyway. Okay? Psalms 5, verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. First thing I see out of this is how many of you actually meditate on God? How many of you stop every day and think about God? Think about what He's done for you. Think about what He's doing for you. Think about where He's going. How many of you ever stop and just think how big God is? I love working with children because children have a concept of God that is astronomical. I asked them one time, I said, can God do anything? And I said, yeah, God can do anything. I said, then God can make a rock he cannot lift. One little kid looked at me and said, God ain't stupid. <laughs> we need to concentrate and think and meditate every day on how big God is. He's not a little bitty God. He is God. God Almighty. God Victorious. God. Stop and think about it. How many times do you wake up every day thinking, just thinking about God and what He's done and what He can do? Doesn't have to be big thoughts. Sometimes it's looking at a flower. Sometimes it's looking at a, a moth or a butterfly. Just stop and think every day, at least once, about God. Meditate on Him. Think about Him. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King, my God, for unto Thee will I pray. Haven't you ever just wanted, haven't you ever just wanted to pray to God? Have, have you ever been hurt so bad that you wanted God to hear you? Have you ever felt so far moved away from God that you wanted God to hear you? Have you ever just felt so much joy in your life you wanted God to hear you? Have you ever prayed and wondered if God heard you? Well, I have news for you. God hears you whether you think He does or not. God is there when the child makes his first prayer. And God is there when that child breathes his last breath. God is constantly in your life. Now it's interesting. It, what's really interesting is that he knows and hears everybody. But he basically pays close attention to his children. I honestly believe that God knows everybody to a certain extent. He created everybody, formed everybody. Not everybody will accept him. Still doesn't mean he doesn't be concerned about them. I have loved everything that I've ever made, even though I don't have some of them anymore. God cannot help but love his creations. Okay? They may not follow him. They may not hang around him. But he still loves them. And it's up to them to come back to him. Okay? For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. Well, I missed a verse, I'm sorry. My voice will thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. Let's go back to verse 3. 
in the morning I will pray to you and in the morning I will look up There's two different parts going on here when you wake up in the morning you need to pray to God okay try to do it the first thing in the morning just talk to him say hey Lord thank you for a good night's sleep hey Lord I slept miserable but let's do something about it but the look up to him look up is an important part in this verse see we can pray to God but do we look up to follow his directions for the rest of the day do we just pray to him and then go on about our heads down going on about doing what we're doing or do we stop and look up and say okay Lord what are we doing today help me to know what we're doing today I, I want to look up and I want to follow you today I find it interesting that most people that walk look down and they don't look up okay they just they just don't do that I, I don't know why people don't look up it's because they're so busy with what's going on around here that they're not looking at what's going on up here if you ever want to have some fun one time just stand out there on the street corner find a street corner anywhere and start going Wow! Oh! Isn't that wonderful? And the next thing you know, you'll have 10 or 15 people all looking up, all talking about nothing that's up there. <laughs> and you can step back and you can have this whole crowd of people going, Wow! Oh! And they don't even, there ain't nothing up there, okay? <laughs> people don't look up. People don't look toward God. People look here and are so involved in what's happening right here that they overlook the fact that there's a God. Haven't you ever looked up and seen a cloud go by and go, wow, that was awesome, God. How many of y'all cloud watch? Am I the only person in this room that cloud watches? I see dogs and cats and birds and all kinds of things in clouds. Okay, maybe I have a, a vivid imagination. I don't know. But I see all kinds of things formed in clouds sometimes. To me, it's, it's fascinating. What's even more fascinating is stars at night. Out here, you've got a pretty good view of stars. Come out here some night, lay out here on the churchyard and look up, and you'll be amazed at the stars you see. There's a bunch of beauty going on. And the sad thing is, we have what we call light bleed, where the light has we have more light here so we can't quite see all the stars. Can you imagine what the stars looked like back in the biblical time? Why do you think they wanted to look up? Because of the mass array of whatever God's doing in the sky. You notice this is in the morning. I have news for you. People in the biblical times got up before sunset, before sunrise. Okay? If you spend any time outdoors at all, you know that you wake up before sunrise. You got to get the fire going. You got to get the breakfast going. You got to get care of the animals. So when he's saying look up, he's saying look up at all of the stars and things that God has made. Can you help but wonder how big God is? It's amazing. Have you ever seen the Milky Way? Actually seen in a place where you can see all the stars in the Milky Way? It will blow you away. 
Okay, it's an amazing thing. All right, now verse 4. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. We worship a holy God. God himself says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We need to be holy. Now, asking Jesus Christ into our life, giving him, making him the Lord and Savior of life, it's where it makes us holy. But to actually live a holy life takes us choosing to follow God more than following ourselves. It, it's a simple matter of choice. Okay? Kim will say, Roland, do you want tuna fish or peanut butter? She's already got the tuna fish sandwich made. She knows which one I'm going to choose. I may not know yet, but she does. She's smart. She's been married to me for 45 years. The thing is that we can choose every day, every moment of every day, to either follow God or not follow Him. That's our choice. We can choose to live a holy life. The food shall stand in the sight, and thou hast all workers of iniquity. Uh, hatest all workers of iniquity. God does not like people that are full of themselves, full of wickedness. Okay? He just doesn't like it. Thou, thou shalt destroy them that speaketh lashing. The Lord shall hoard the bloody and the deceitful men. Lashing is an old term meaning lying. God doesn't like liars. Deceitful men, bloody men, men that go around committing murder destroying other people. God doesn't like those kinds of people. To be honest with you, I don't think any of us like those kind of people. But God really does not like those kinds of people. Now, but as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of mercy, and in, the, in thy fear will I worship forward thy holy temple. I want to pay close attention to something. He comes in the multitude of mercies. Have you ever tried to list all of God's mercies? Pull out a piece of paper, get you a pencil, well, get you several notebooks, and get you several pencils, because you're going to wear them out. God's mercies. He loves me even when I was sinful. That's a mercy. He died for me when I was sinful. That's a mercy. He created the heavens and earth. That's really a mercy. He allowed me to live another day. That's a mercy. My heart just beat again. That's a mercy. You want me to go on? Try to list all of God's mercies. The multitude of what? His mercies. I will come into thy house in the multitude of mercies. And in thy fear, I will worship toward thy holy temple. We need to fear God. Not afraid of him that he's going to whop us upside the head. But a fear of reverence. God is so big, so large, and so overwhelming that, it, that it's a fear of respect. We, we sometimes experience this with people. 
I met Bruce today. And he talks about his PhD and he's talking about all these doctors and degrees and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just sitting over here with a master's degree going, Woo! Boy, I'm not out of my league. Okay? That's the same thing with God. When we come to God, we need to realize how much out of his league we really are. How much does he know? How much bigger and stronger and better is he than I could ever be? Count his mercies. Walk in reverence fear of him. Look toward him. Lift him up. Okay? Verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness, because mine enemies make thy way straight before my face. Lord, I need to walk in your righteousness because I have enemies that are trying to destroy me. There's a jogging trail in Florida. And it's called the Gator Trail. If you ever want to go experience near death, go to the Gator Trail. The trail is about five foot wide, and on each side of it, as far as you can see, there are alligators right next to each other. Only the middle of the trail is open. Alligators line both banks on both sides. And people will go jogging through there. But guess what? They don't step off the trail. I, I, I wonder why. I, I wonder why they don't step off the trail. That is one of the trails that nobody steps off of. Well, I wonder why. Okay? That's what he's talking about. I need your directions. I need your guidance. I need you to direct my paths because I'm running right through my enemies. I've got to stay on the path. I've got to stay on the trail because if I don't, the enemy will consume me. The enemy will eat me alive. The enemy will tear me up. God, I need your guidance and directions and leadership every day because the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking to what? To he could destroy and devour. God, you've got to keep me on the path. I can't keep myself on the path. Okay? I, I'm incapable of keeping myself on the path. And here's why. I'll be going down the path and there'll be a brownie over here yelling, Roland! Roland! Don't you want a brownie? No, I'm, gonna, no, I'm not going to eat a brownie. Get down here and there's homemade ice cream. Roland! Roland! Don't you want a homemade ice cream? No, no, no. I'm going to stay on the path. Roland, it's good, especially on top of the brownie. <laughs> okay? I'm incapable of staying on the path. I'm incapable of that. So I've got to trust God to help me to stay on the path. I've got to seek His righteousness. Because I guarantee you, if, he, if, he, if I don't, I'll be out playing with the alligators. I know, that's kind of strange, but that's, you know, side note. I was the only one in college. I was working with Dr. Crow in Stephen of Austin, and we were tagging alligators. I was the only one that would wade out in muddy water up to my waist where you couldn't see your feet and catch the alligators and throw them up on shore. Okay? 
And then one day I started thinking about it. How come I'm the only one standing in the water catching alligators? Oh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> the thing is, we have to be follow his righteousness, okay? Uh, I want to... I guess I want to skip down a little bit. But all those that put their trust in thee, verse 11, rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. We need to be joyful in what God has done. We need to tell God all the time how glad we are that he's our God. We need to tell God all the time how much we love Him, how much we appreciate Him, how much we cannot tell Him thank you enough. Some of y'all have been found out. I went to get my hair cut yesterday. A little old lady was cutting my hair, and she asked me what I did. I said, well, I'm a pastor of Jobs Valley Baptist Church. She says, oh, some of them women come in here and talk about you all the time. <laughs> y'all have been found out. <laughs> y'all have done been found out I'm glad to hear that y'all talk about church and what God's doing in your life you don't have to talk about me but I'm glad that you're at least telling somebody that you remember somewhere okay it thrilled my heart we as Christians need to be so joyful that people wonder what's wrong with us and have you ever gone to a funeral and you got a guy in the corner going, da, 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 you know, what's wrong with that fellow? We're at a funeral. Yeah, I know, isn't it cool? He's done graduated. Oh boy, you know. There needs to be such a joy in us that, that people associate happiness when they see us. We ought to be continuously be joyful for what God is doing in our lives. Amen. For how He watches over us, how He protects us. Find you some Find you some joyful songs that you can sing. One of my favorite is, Victory, victory shall be mine. Victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles, then victory, victory shall be mine. It's coming down, down, down. It's coming down, down, down. The glory of the Lord is coming down. There'll be glory all around where the saints of God are found. Glory of the Lord is coming down. Find you a song that you can sing that's joyful. Sing it. Sing it all the time in your head. Okay? Have something in your heart and in your mind that's always thinking and praising and glorifying God. Okay? Because the world's a very dark place. Amen. The world doesn't know this joy and this peace. The world doesn't understand it. Okay? I'm going to go back to verse 10. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsel. Cast them out into the multitude of their transgressions. For they have rebelled against thee. Just like we have a multitude of mercy, the people in the world have a multitude of transgressions. They have a multitude of things that they have done wrong. Okay? Aren't you glad 
that you have the multitude of mercies and not the multitude of transgressions. Aren't you? That ought to make you sing down in verse 11. That ought to bring you so much joy down in verse 11. Because I would have, rather have the multitude of mercies instead of the multitude of transgressions. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this day. Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity of hearing from Bruce this morning. Lord, let us walk according to your grace and to your mercy. In Jesus' name.